quarantine. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Merry Christmas, happy Boxing Day, happy pre-New Year from Between the Stammers. We're again on the road, not in the Between the Stammers studio for whatever reason. Can we just say Happy New Year? What? what? Let's just say it. Happy New Year to everybody. Pre-New Year. Oh, okay. Well, Come on. Whatever. All right. Well, when people are listening to it, I'm hoping it's before New Year, but whatever. Yeah, but I mean, this might be our only chance to wish them Happy New Year. Let's just wish them Happy New Year. All right. Happy hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Caleb Kirby alongside myself, <laughs> Art Aronson. Did you have a good Christmas, Kirby? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, my family came over and uh, we all hung out in my main living area together. Mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm, not too much room. Did you cook a turkey? But, but you know what? No, no turkey was cooked. A roast beef was cooked. I like that better. And uh, everybody came out alive, which is, uh, you know. It's a good thing. For did my you cook the roast beef? I did not cook the roast beef. I did, however, tell my sister to put some paprika on it Ooh. as far as like a little bit of a dry rub. Is that usually your go-to for Christmas or what do you guys, is it, no, does it change? I, well, I mean, do you, do you actually want to hear this story? Yeah, does anybody want to hear this story? Okay, my family has this tradition usually where if you say you're going to cook, you get to pick what you cook. So like throughout my life. My dad would be like, oh, I want a traditional turkey. And he'd cook the traditional turkey. And then my sister would be like, you suck at kick- cooking turkey. It's always dry. This year I want to do something. My dad would be like, cook it yourself. So she'd cook, like, Chinese food. Yeah. And then, like, one year I'm like, I'm cooking Caribbean food. And I had no idea what I was doing. Somehow it turned out. Caribbean food. Curb, Curb cooks Caribbean food for Christmas. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah, and then we kind of theme it. All right, cool. It's always my sister at my house. She's just fantastic. She's a, she's a chef. Uh, she works, uh, she teaches culinary at university. So nice. she always does the turkey and she like, it's strange. She like debones the turkey. Really? Yeah, first, first and foremost. And then she like flash fries it, like just sears the bottom of it and then puts it in the, puts it in the, uh, oven for like an hour huh and it the juiciest fucking turkey you've ever you've ever had man dude i didn't even know turkey was juicy until i was like 19 (laughs) years old and i went to a friend's house for christmas i know i used to think it was just like this dry shitty mess of a bird that's because it's very tough to cook yeah apparently i wouldn't know i've never cooked one yeah so there you go hope you had a good uh christmas from the uh, Between the Stammers podcast here. Uh, since our last podcast, there's been two Canucks game, one of which I was at. The game before that was uh, St. Louis. That was last Thursday. Curb uh, and I watched that game together. A spanking. The Canucks oh. beat uh, the Blues there 5-1. Thought that I was a doozy, and I love the secondary scoring in that game. Yeah. You know, uh, Levo over 10 and Goddard. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis with yes. another one. And then uh, Horvat just being Horvat, just continuing to do his captain-like things. Yeah, I, I what I really liked uh, Louis Erickson about that game. Oh no, this is okay. First up, before I talk about Louis Erickson, I want to say about that game: the Canucks were not interested in the first period of that game against St. Louis. Hundred percent. They were outshot by a buttload. Uh, they were clearly still like in the headspace of Tampa Bay game, right? And also thinking about the Winnipeg game coming up on the Saturday night. 
right? So they really weren't that interested in the Blues coming in, but it was good. They were still able to, you know, put up some goals in the second period and third period, and it was a blowout, 5-1. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jake Allen, right? Jake Allen's not good. Dude, <laughs> I think it was Levo's goal yeah. that he shot from, like, the goal line in the corner, and it went off of Jake Allen's back and in. I love it when players are able to do that, but, like, man, that shouldn't go in. I know. Goal, the, uh, everybody was watching that game. I was talking to a few people, and also I think it was Garrett, of course, in the uh, as, at the you know, play-by-play team there. He was like, this is really cheeky, cool, like, uh, sneaky move by Levo. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It was a terrible goal. <laughs> and Jake yeah. Allen's not good. You got to hug that post. And, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Jake Allen, and I feel bad for Blues fans because uh, he's, he's a Jekyll and Hyde goaltender, right? Yeah, he yeah. gets hot. And then uh, he goes through these spells where he's just abysmal. There isn't much to like about the St. Louis team, to be honest with you. When you go up and down their lineup, they're not in a great situation there. Well, I mean, I've been saying it for two seasons. I've been saying, I said last year that they'd regress, and they did. And then this year I said they'd regress again, and yeah. they have. And you know what it is? A big part of it, I think, is um, how they play. They are always cheating. They're always ahead of the puck, man. The forwards, they don't come back. And I like Tarasenko. I think he's a great player, but like defensively, that team is a shit show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saturday game I was at Rogers Arena. I was all jazz for this game. Went with a few buddies. We got pretty hammed up, although I was a little hungover from Festivus the night before. But <laughs> I rallied. Uh, and that game, the Canucks dominated that game. They did. They had 40 shots on goal. Nothing to show for it. And then Shifley scores a beauty with like less than two minutes to go. And the crowd was just, we were stunned. And we were just like, really? We just got robbed of three-on-three overtime. Canucks got robbed of a point. Uh, This game, like the Canucks, like they had a lot of shots on net. But really, they, they didn't, their best chances weren't until like the final minute of the game when they, when they pulled the goalie, like. It was the fucking refing in that game, though, man, was horrible. And you said it was pretty quiet in there, aside from when those calls were blown. And there was a couple bad sticks. That stick up on Mott towards the end of the game—that was the game right there. You know, if that was would have been a power play, possibly a different outcome. I thought the refing in that game was crap. Yeah, there was two instances where the refs didn't uh, make good calls for me. One was Shifley in the corner, and I was. Uh, where he, like, lost an edge and fell in, and he barely was touched from behind by, I can't remember, I think it was Tanev, maybe it was Tanev, or Pouliot. And there was a couple of Jets fans in front of me. This is the most fun I had at that game, was jeering these Jets fans right in front of us. You know, (laughs) we're, like, telling them, like, don't you guys have a sidewalk to shovel, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and we're like, it's a long walk back to Winnipeg. I, I... I, I was jeering with them for that Shifley penalty. I was like, great. The Canucks are back on the PK because Shifley can't stop. You yeah. know, like that's yeah. what that was. That's what that was. Yeah, man. It was a horrible call. Uh, but yeah, the Canucks fans were rarely, like, this was a Saturday night game. It was Christmas time. A lot yeah. of families out there. I thought it would be a little rowdy in there. It wasn't. It, it was, was dead, quiet. Right? It was quiet. The only times it really, people were really into it were when the ref made a terrible call. Unfortunately for the Canucks, that was a few times in that game. Well, fuck, like, Jake got a high stick right in the mouth in the first period. Yeah. And then that one on Mott, I think that's inexcusable, man. That was, like, a high hit, like, stick to face, like, cross-check to the mouth. And, Mm. like, the ref was right there. There was a couple times where the ref was right there, and I'm just like, man, 
you need to call this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I forget there was a play that um, somebody tripped one of our D-men in behind the net, and the ref was following the player, and he didn't call it. The other ref from, like, center ice called the penalty. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, how do you how do you miss that? Yeah. Um, but that aside. Good goaltending by the yeah. Gets, you know, the another backup goalie. He What's this? I don't even know how to pronounce this last Brassau. name. Brassois. Frenchie. Laurent, Laurent Brassois. I remember him from the World Juniors, actually. Uh, he's a Port Alberni guy. Played some hockey in Port Alberni. For the Al- for the, uh, the Alberni Valley Bulldogs? I don't, know he, I don't know if he played for the Bulldogs. Or Junior B. He, uh, that's where he's from. Okay. And apparently, like, his fitness testing, he's, like, one of the best guys in the NHL. Yeah. Um, one other thing about that game was Canucks failed to get over 500 at the end of the season. They're one game below 500. That's right. And Jacob Markstrom, did you hear what he said after the game? Like, they were asking him how he felt he played, and everybody was, like, really positive about it. And he's just like, we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. We're below 500. This is brutal. And he was, like, fucking angry. Hmm. And, you know... Jacob Marstrom is a guy who, like, wears his emotions on his sleeve a lot. Yeah. And I think he's played his best hockey in the Canucks Uni down the stretch here in December. Like, he has been very, very good. He was good in the game against the Jets, too, yeah. as well. He didn't have a lot of shots, but he had, there were some grade-A chances. I yeah. thought the Jets had better opportunities to score in that game, even though they only they had, had 20. less shots. Yeah. yeah, even though they had less shots. And that final goal was just big league. Like, there was nothing he could do on that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I no, I didn't get to see that because I was too busy uh, waiting in line at the park casino. <laughs> no, he was pissed, man. He was pissed, and then like Horvat's like, "Oh, we had a good game tonight. We really tried and did all our best." And then Markstrom's just like, "Fuck this," yeah. you know. Yeah. And I could see that. I hope this doesn't affect him moving forward. I hope he continues to play the way he did in December because if he does, Canucks have a real shot at uh, getting back in this race. Yeah, Canucks sitting at seventeen, eighteen, and four. 39 points. They're nine behind the division lead, which is Calgary, who lead the Pacific Division with uh, 40 or 48 points, I believe. Uh, this is going to be the last podcast of the year for Between the Stammers. So we thought not only would we go over those last few games, we'd also give our best moments, our worst moments. And I kind of want to just put in the biggest moment overall. I don't think it belongs in either category, but... It was the biggest moment in the Canucks season last year. So, Oh, for sure. Does that sound like fun? I mean, yeah, I, I, I got to be the bad guy here. You're the good guy, so you're going to have probably more fun than I am. But Well, usually I'm the bad guy, so why don't you give it to me <laughs> once in a while? Jeez. Yeah, I'm being greedy, I guess. Yeah, stop All being right. so greedy. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. Do uh, you want to get into that, or do you want to say anything else about the Jets game? Oh, one thing I did want to say about the Jets game Uh and this was the second game in the same month that I went to a Canucks game. Second time yeah, in the same month. And, and this is what I meant to say about that. Yeah. Both of those games, you go the day after a staff party. Like when everybody gets yeah. rip-roaring shitter. I know, I know. Yeah. It was not, it was poor planning. Either way, it was poor planning. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. And both times the Canucks lose on a late goal. Both times. I'm not allowed to go to any more Canuck games this year. Were you wearing the Besser jersey? You know I was wearing nice. the Besser jersey. Well, that's good. Yeah, none of my buddies were wearing jerseys, too, and I gave them shit. I knew they had jerseys, and they weren't wearing I'm like, I'm the only one here wearing a jersey. Probably because they were like Yannick Hansen, Alex Burroughs jersey, stuff like that. My one buddy's a twin, and they have Sedin. Sedin, uh-huh. they both have uh, Sedin jerseys. See, so. those are legendary jerseys. Yeah. I think Burroughs is in the realm of like legendary Canuck as well that you can still get away with. Yeah. But a guy like Yannick Hansen, I yeah. mean, 
Probably time to upgrade your jersey. That's why it takes me a long time to get a jersey because I don't want to be stuck with some Yannick Hansen jersey. You know, I want a guy that I know is going to stand the test of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nothing against Yannick Hansen. <laughs> no, no, he's he was great, yeah. and he had he had his moments. But yeah, yeah, I mean that jersey just it, it doesn't hold. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say is well, I thought the two best skaters for the Canucks. Well, I guess I'll go three. J- Jay Beagle was fantastic all game. Like I could really notice this guy. Boy, does he know his role and he does it well. Yeah, man, really well. He was great at shutting down sh- that Shifley that li- that line. I was like. Man, Beagle is balling in this game. He was fantastic. That's one thing I really noticed. And Horvat and Louis Erickson are good together. They're playing well together. Horvat was fantastic the whole game, even though he didn't score. He, I just noticed him a lot. I was like, if the Canucks score tonight, it's probably going to be because of Horvat. And Louis Erickson, he was, he got hit really early in that game, like pretty hard. And after that, he had his head on a swivel the entire game. And I was like. Man, Louis Erickson's in this game. And I, I was like, what? Louis Erickson's been balling for, you know, a couple weeks now. Dude, he has been. He's been playing really well. It makes yeah. me wonder who's going to come out of this lineup when uh, when Berchi gets healthy. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that time is very, very close. And Sutter's supposed to be coming out after this Christmas break as well. That's one thing I wanted to ask you before we get into our best moments again. When Sutter comes back, and we talked about this when Berchi came back, we talked about who comes out of the lineup on the wing. But if you if you were to have your way, who would you rather have there, Adam Gaudet or Brandon Sutter? Because I, for me, that's what it is right now. Yeah, and, and I mean, like the greedy dude in me who wants to see Adam Gaudet continue to play and and see how he, you know, continues developing, wants to see Gaudet. Like, and I, I think that's most Canuck fans. I think you right? need to trade Sutter. Well, if you can. I don't think you need to trade him because you still want that depth because if somebody goes down, who knows what's going to happen. And then you have those people pumping their fists for Zach McEwen already in the A who's ripping it up there. But it kind of does make you think that Sutter is expendable, a likely piece to try and move because there is yeah. some value to him too. And, like, I like Sutter. I think he, he does some things really well. But uh, the guy can't stay healthy, man. And I want to see – I like like you said, you like the way Adam Gaudet has progressed and – He's not going to – He, I don't think there's anything else at the AHL, AHL level that could help him. I think he belongs – I think he belongs in the NHL right now. Well, it depends on what kind of a player you want to see him turn into, right? Because he's he's kind of getting this trial by fire and he's learning the defensive side of the game and, and how to defend and how to take guys and how to check and playing in that uh, limited role to get those types of NHL skills underneath them. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to see the guy redevelop maybe some confidence and scoring touch, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to send him down to the A because if he does, does go down to the A and rips it up for a little bit and gets that confidence, um, then you know he can come back up here and maybe perform even better than he has been. I do like his game, especially this last month. It's it's noticeable, especially maybe even the last like two weeks. Like he's taking more chances offensively, and they're paying off for him. Yeah, I kind of think with him though, and this is just my own personal belief that he's gonna learn to be a scorer in the NHL by scoring in the NHL, not by lighting it up in the AHL. I'm not saying that he needs to go down and light it up in the NHL. That's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. What I'm saying is I don't think it hurts his development. Okay. You know, um, who knows? Maybe Sutter comes back here and he he plays really well for a few games. Adam Gaudet sits. Canucks pull the trigger on a trade. 
it's a question, though. It's a question that's going to be lingering out there, I think, because he is playing well enough to be on this team. Yeah, I, I, so I, I question the same thing with a guy like Nikolai Goldobin. Like, what's his role going to be when Berchi gets back? Yeah. Berchi always seems to get hurt, so that's why there's going to be a spot somewhere for a talented forward in the top six because Berchi can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Yeah. That's just well, Sutter can't stay healthy either. Yeah. They're, they're two guys who continually get hurt. Yeah, maybe package deal, get him out of get him out of here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much my roundup for the uh, the Jets game and where the Canucks sit right now. Their next game is tomorrow night, which is a Thursday night, uh, the twenty seventh. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Got to know that. Uh, it's the start of a six game road trip for the Vancouver Canucks and involving stops and of course Alberta, the two Alberta teams there. Then it's off out east to play the Devils, Ottawa, Montreal, and ending up in Toronto. That'll be an interesting way to start the uh, pretty much the second half of the season because they've been through thirty nine games here. We're almost at this is almost exactly the halfway yeah, point I'm, I'm of pumped. the season. I'm pumped for the second half. Yeah, I'm really pumped to see how this team is going to finish. Yeah, I mean, right now if if they go on this pace, they're they're on pace for about 81, 82 points. You need to have at least 90 to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's the way I see it. But I think they're going to have a better second half than their first. That's just, I, I got nothing to base that on. I just feel like that's going to happen. That's just you being positive, Caleb Kirby yeah. being positive. All right, let's get into it. This is what every show does at this time of year. The best moments or the worst moments. It's People love them. People love lists, right? Oh, yeah. And right now, if you go on any sports network... The top 10 highlights, the top 100 highlights of 2018, yada, yada, yada. Well, don't so. tell our listeners we're copying other people, Art. I don't like that. I'm not saying we're copying. I'm just saying I, we're doing everybody what everybody does else it. is Let's doing. Let's do it, too. Yeah, that's fine. Come on. We, everybody does it because people like it. Yeah, that's true. And I think yeah. our list will probably be a little bit better than a lot of the lists out there. Okay, well, I'm going to start with the best moments because... Let's start with the best moments, right? Hey, and Art's got clips and shit. Art did some show prep for this one, everybody. He so did. It's rare. get excited. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. All right. This is my number one moment. Louis Erickson to Patterson. Here's Elias Patterson. He shoots. Scores his first goal in the NHL. 40 seconds left. Landeskog gives it away. Horvath centers. Patterson scores. His second goal and fourth point of the night. And this game is tied at six, and it's Bedlam at Rogers Arena. Here's Pooley over the long shot, tipped in. Pedersen on the deflection, and the Canucks have tied the game in one. Well, Elias Pedersen has a shift like this where he dances around, goes in. So number one, number one is just clearly Elias Pedersen. Where's that goal where he disrupted the pass in L.A.? I couldn't find it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can only do so much prep ahead of this thing. I was just I just I was just going through the highlights and I just I tried to find as many as I could. So I had his first goal. I had his goal that tied the game for me was is still maybe my favorite moment of this season. That's so my far. favorite moment of the season. Yeah, yes. singular Agreed. moment so far of this season against Colorado in that stunning seven six win for them. Yeah. And then I had this goal was against Tampa Bay, a huge win for the Canucks fairly early on. And Pedersen was, like, clearly the best player on the ice for both teams in that game. And I just I just think he is the best thing to to happen this year. 
Like this, this isn't even from last year. So he's he's just brought this team to a whole new level. Everybody knows it that this team is a team to be reckoned with because he's out there on the team. He yeah. makes everyone else better. He's the best thing that's ever that's happened to this team this year in twenty in twenty eighteen. He's the best thing to happen. I I think you almost said he's the best thing to ever happen to this team, and I think there's <laughs> I'm a, not gonna go that no, far. but I, I honestly think that there's an argument to be made that that could be the case here. Like he. The smiles that this guy has brought to my face already this season is just unbelievable. And I, like, it's his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen next? It's going to be, like, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for, like, the game tomorrow to watch him play. It's just a joy every time. He has 36 points in 33 games. Uh, all I want to say is, well, I got those clips from Sportsnet, Canucks Radio Network, and as well CBC. So, uh between the Stammers does not own those clips. Just saying that. And nice. YouTube. Way, Thanks, way YouTube. to be official, Art. Yeah, got to be official around Don't here. Don't want to get sued. Yeah, so Elias Pettersson clearly, like, everybody knows it. It's it's the best thing that's happened this year to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, my second best thing to happen to the Canucks. Cougars Brock Besser. 11.13. You know, and he's moved into the lead. And Jimmy's been doing this since he was three years old out in the driveway. He said, great young player and stick taps from his teammates. Tell me how that must feel having Sidney Crosby come over and sit down next to you in awe of what you just did. I was definitely nervous coming into it. And I had some uh, you know, sweat going down my palms yesterday before the, the shooting contest. But um, I think once you, once you get here and... Meet, meet most of the guys and have some laughs. It's, it's easier to you know, enjoy the experience. And I wasn't too nervous about today. I knew just have fun and you know, smile and play hockey. So uh, that's what I did, and uh, I enjoyed all of it. I can't really put uh, Brock Besser's like, rookie season or else maybe it would challenge for the number one spot so far. I just put him in there. That was him winning the shooting accuracy contest as well as winning the all-star MVP. I felt that the NHL was introduced to Brock Besser there and everybody just knew like what, like he's a special player. And there was those, there was that great moment, him uh, talking with Crosby on the ice. Yeah. This was also after that game where he lit up the penguins as well. Right. Where, so Crosby kind of knew who this yeah, guy where was. Matt Murray was like, Oh, all these goals were fluky. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that was in 2017, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, oh, Matt Murray, you're a jabroni. Yeah, so they, I just thought it was a great moment for the Canucks. He was the only Canuck to make the All-Star game last year yep. as well. Uh, he So he won the All-Star MVP of that whole weird division plays division thing they had going on. He also won the shooting accuracy contest, and he won a car for winning the MVP. He took home $512,000. Yeah, I think he gave the car to his sister too. What a, of course he did. What a good guy. He's the nicest guy ever. And that was a really good moment for the Canucks last year, I thought. Yeah. Not just for Brock, but for the Canucks. They had another star on the team. Art, I like the positivity of this list so far. This is very not like you. Well, it's Art <laughs> with the best moments. I'm not going to put negative moments as best moments. I'm not, uh, I'm not a tankist. Is that what they're called? I think so. And those guys can chew one. Yeah. Right? We, we wouldn't have moments like these if... We wanted terrible things. I don't you know? understand why people want this team to continue to tank now. This team has some really good pieces. Like, yeah. no, they're, it's, they're almost there. It's about growing you know? now at this yeah. point. That's what it's about. It's about creating a winning environment and, now, and you add to this. And That's t- what you do. Tanking is not sporting. 
It's the opposite of being sporting. Yeah. And teams that do it are shitty. I know the opposite. I know the opposite argument to this. Yeah, I know you know the opposite. But we're in the positive moments here, and it's, I'm sorry, I was a little negative there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back and let. Way to step on Brock's moment, yeah, man. Go ahead, do yeah. number three. Just go with it. He had no. I'm gonna continue with Brock here for a second. He had 29 goals in his rookie season. He was he was such a joy to watch that I know a lot of people were like, I'm watching to see this kid play, and now we got Elias, so we got extra. You know. We have two players that people will go pay to see. And Brock, I think, was the guy, the first guy in this. And I don't want to overstate Horvat or anything, but I think Horvat's, you know, maybe he maybe he's a second-line player. But where Brock Besser, you're like, you got a bona fide guy who's, you know, a top top-line forward. So let's let's put it this way. You were talking about how you're buying jerseys and it takes you a while to figure out who jer- whose jersey you want to get. Yeah. It took you under a year to realize you wanted a Besser jersey. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't actually buy the Besser jersey. Someone bought it for me, so I kind of had that decision made for me. Is that not the jersey you wanted? It was the jersey I wanted. Well, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) A great moment for Caleb Kirby and Art Aronson actually was during the 2018 season, the 2018 year. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was that 2018? Yeah, that was 2018. That was 2018. Uh, we're yucking it up, drinking at a hockey game, being idiots, and Caleb Kirby disappears for a little while. We're like, what happened to Caleb? He comes back. He throws a bag at me, and it's a Brock Besser jersey. This was after he was giving me shit for weeks <laughs> leading to, up to this game. How come you don't have a jersey, Art? How come you don't have a jersey? And then we went to the Canucks team store right before the game started, and we were like, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, there's a Brock Besser jersey. I kind of want that. I kind of want that. Oh, $300? No, I don't know if I want that. So next thing I know, Caleb Curry's like, there, stop being such a pansy. You have a jersey now. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I couldn't let Caleb Curry buy me a $300 jersey. Without so, reciprocating? Yeah. Well, I appreciate the reciprocation. Yeah. I got a nice Horvat jersey. Yeah, out of this the deal, was so. pre-Pedersen. This yeah. was pre. Yeah. I'm happy with. I'm happy with my jersey. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't so, wait to throw a C on it. To be honest. Yeah, Charlie Conway, that shit. Uh, so that was the second was Brock Besser at the All Star game. This is the third best moment. Vancouver selects from the University of Michigan, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, that was at the NHL entry draft there in uh, 2018. Quinn Hughes drafted seventh overall by the Vancouver Canucks out of the University of Michigan. I remember Jim Benning, like, getting up off of his seat and, like, running to the podium. He's like, I know who I'm taking. I know who I'm taking. Dude, he was so excited. He was, like, licking his lips, like, at the table. Yeah. Yeah. And Pierre Maguire knew it as well in the broadcast. He's like, they're going Quinn Hughes. They're going Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of defensemen available at this moment, like Evan Dobson, uh, Evan Bouchard was there. that uh, Boquist guy from Sweden. Yeah. Uh, this was after uh, Darlene, Ras- uh, Rasmus Darlene was drafted with the first overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. So the best defenseman in the draft was already gone. Yeah. But the Canucks were still happy to get this. Cause we this, gotta, this, we got to thank Arizona for going Hayden and yeah. um, Montreal for going Kotkaniemi because that's, that's how um, Hughes ended up falling. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And I... I've watched Hayden here. He came to Victoria here to 
to to uh, for Team Canada in the uh, pre pre tournament uh, selection camp, and we got to see him a little bit. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I think I think I'd rather have Quinn Hughes. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, just saying. So for me, that was just a really cool moment seeing Jim Benning run up there and like like he was getting away, like he had stolen something at the candy store, you know. Dude, I'm with you. I uh, I'm not gonna disagree with your three best picks. I think they're all locks. They're fantastic. Um, this is putting aside the best moment, which I'll throw up there after we go through the three worst moments, because there's a lot of down moments when you have like the second worst record in the NHL, right? Yeah, man. Last season. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's yeah. a lot of bad. A lot of bad things have happened if your team is that bad. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll finish this positively. Kit. Yeah. Do you want to go with your worst moments? You Kurt? want me to tell you what I thought was the shits? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless there was something that you thought maybe gave honorable mention for best moments that I didn't no, mention. No, I actually have an honorable shitty mention. Oh. But uh, okay. I'm gonna start with the one that fucking scared me man towards yeah. the end of last season and uh that was when besser decided to step in front of clutterbuck as he was rushing down the wing and he hits his back on an open door besser's heard here he went to hit clutterbuck and the canuck bench saw what happened i didn't and clutterbuck's pleading his case but it was besser initiating the contact well i think the door was open oh i see that can be dangerous oh uh, and here's Brock Besser backing in, and you can see Jake Bertanen's going oh, off yeah. and uh, right, on the tailbone. right on the tailbone in the edge of the door. Yikes. Oh, man. Yeah, and you could hear it in Shorty's voice there. When you see this on TV, and I actually didn't watch this game. I think I was, I was doing something, and then I saw the highlight of it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's, uh, he's done for the year. He's, like, dead stop, man. Yeah. Going from, like, defending skating as quickly as you can backwards, Clutterbuck, who's an absolute truck, just trucks right through him, and he breaks his tran- transverse process yeah. on one of his vertebrae, which is like the little nub on the side. And, man, I was I was so scared. And it's a shitty way to end your season, but I'm just glad he's back, and I'm glad he's sniping again. Oh, I mean, this was after another moment that was scary because you remember he blocked a shot? Like mm-hmm. before, I can't, it was a couple of games before this, and it looked like he broke something there, and I was like, and then he was back playing like the next game. I'm like this kid's the toughest kid in the world, and then this happened, and this was like, you're not getting up after this kind yeah. of thing, right? And I remember him getting helped off, and I was, this is really scary moment because we finally had a star, like I just spoke about, who, you know, looks like he has 40 goal potential, and <laughs> his his season ends on this, and you never want to see back back injuries they're the worst this is something too that canucks fans are like always scared of right and when it happens they're like fucking typical right we have a star and he's playing well and we see this and then and then something just ridiculously shitty happens of course yeah you know and a lot of people think this franchise is cursed and then we gotta like sacrifice a killer whale to you know get some good juju or whatever damn that's a good idea (laughs) oh no the environmentalists (laughs) will be all over yeah 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 yeah. i can't really talk about the j-pod in that way but hey um no, I, I man, it's it's fucking scary. It's scary to see your star go down, especially a rookie who has like his whole career ahead of him. And that to me was the worst moment of 2018. Um, followed by well, he well before you get into yeah. the second one here, he was if you put it into perspective, he was leading at that moment in my eyes. He was the lead for rookie of the year. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he had the most goals. Yeah, he had the most goals, and he was playing, and he was getting them on a team that, let's be honest, he wasn't getting a lot of help to get these goals. Yeah. It was him, right? Uh, I mean, he ended up losing the Rookie of the Year race to Matthew Barzell, who's a fantastic player. There's no question about that. But I thought what Besser was doing was more impressive than what Barzell was doing. Yeah. So he kind of he lost the uh, Rookie of the Year on that. He ended up with 29 goals and 55 points in 62 games played. That's that's really good, man. I think I think Pavel Burry in his rookie year when he won rookie of the year, I think he would just I think just under 60 points or right around 60 points for his rookie of the year. So, he was well on pace to beat that. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, I think it's the worst moment of, of 2018 yeah, by far. And, and I it's have, fucking scary. Yeah, and I had other friends who were like, "Oh, when Bresser wasn't playing, like they didn't really have a whole lot of reason to get excited for the game or to watch the game at all." Cuz Besser brought that. He brought that highlight reel to you. Man, he had some exciting moments last year. Really exciting moments. So to see his season come to an end like that was very tough. Very, very tough. So there you go. That was the worst moment for Caleb Kirby in 2018. What do you got for your second one, man? Um, Yeah. Do you have the clip? I have the clip. Roll the clip, and then I'll talk about it. Roll the fucking clip, Art. Henderson is injured behind the play. I didn't see what happened. Slow to get up and woozy. And they'll stop play as Pedersen was involved in a collision behind the net and obviously a little bit woozy as he tried to get to his feet. Uh, he made the backhand pass out in front and Mike Matheson followed through on the check and Pedersen's able to get up. Look at the Elias Pedersen has a shift like this where he's in control. You see Matheson stays with him, gives him a little shot there. Pedersen throws a backhand, and you can see Matheson oh. throws him heavily down right in front of the referee. I don't know if it was the hit or the contact with the ice. the ice. Yeah. Of course, right? Second season in a row where we get a shiny new rookie and fucking injury. How does this but happen this one, to this franchise? This one pisses me off more because of how Matheson slammed him down and then the complete lack of response. Yeah. Like, I was so steaming after that game that – Nobody stepped in and was like, dude, this is our fucking star. Like, what are you doing? Also, and Shorty didn't see it. That's the second clip in a row you've said that on this podcast. No, Shorty. <laughs> what are you looking <laughs> you at gotta, out there? <laughs> I mean, and this one to me, like, everybody out on the ice is to blame for not fucking coming in and doing something about this. In their defense, though, when I was going over these clips and clipping it, it was behind the play, and nobody was looking ah, behind I saw a fucking a flyby before that, man. I've watched this clip a few times, and guys like Pouliot and Louie were both on the ice when this happened. But they were looking no the other response. way. They were looking the other way. It's not good enough. Yeah. It's just not even close to good enough. There was real softies on the ice, though. We know that. We and then, know you that. know what? I'm, I'm yeah. happy that the last time in Tampa, we did see a response by the Canucks, and that yeah. game got really edgy and chippy, and this team is galvanizing itself now at the halfway through point through this season. But at that point, man, I was furious, and I thought that was such a shitty thing to happen to such a young star who was already just ripping up the league, you know, and, and misses six games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was on a serious roll, too. Yeah. But, I mean, he came back and... He's doing all right. No, he comes back and he's doing all right. But yeah. I like at the beginning, 
everybody in this town was buzzing about Pedersen. Not even everybody in this town. Everybody throughout the NHL was already buzzing, being like, this kid is unreal. He's going to win the Calder. He might be one of the best players we've seen in years since McDavid. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, like, massive praise. You know, so to see this happen, fucking horrific moment. Hated it. Matheson uh, did get a two-game suspension for this hit. Deserved. Which was well-deserved. But lack of response on the ice is a completely different thing. Yeah. So it's interesting how our two worst moments, like, they they have to do with our two best moments. You know, the players on our two best moments. Yeah. How does that always happen to this Canuck team? I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I don't get it either. Uh, do you have a third worst? Yeah, do you have a clip for it? No, I don't have a clip Sans for it. Sans clip? Sans clip. Sorry, okay, my, yeah, and that's fine. I, I didn't think you would. but um, I'm good. I'm not that good. Yeah, fair enough. That's what she said. Third one is uh, Thatcher Demko getting injured in a practice. It was uh, a Brendan Leipzig shot. Brendan Leipzig's not even on the Canucks anymore. Hits him right in the head, gives him concussion in, in uh, practice. And then he flew, and this is like a big thing that people are still talking about when it comes to the Canucks medical staff. Right. Why was he cleared to fly? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little scandalous thing going on here. And uh, again, dude, these are our young guys. This is the future of this team, right? Besser, fucking Patterson, the goalie of the future, Demko, out for forever mm-hmm. didn't get back till this month and then mm-hmm. he comes back and he's playing out of his head now 915 save percentage 6-3 and 1 record mm-hmm. but like these are the guys who need to carry this team in the future and they're already taking these injuries and that's scary as a fan to see this early in the game so that one to me sticks out big time and that's a that was a freak injury like taking yeah. a taking a puck to the mask in training camp yeah and i might as well tie this into the Oli u levy stuff too because that that is i feel that's the same you know his back hurt his back over the summertime fucking threw him back way before he even started the season gets here doesn't make the team goes to the a starts playing really well tied for like scoring amongst rookie defensemen and then he hurts his knee and then we hear all the bullshit about his knee so you want to put that? You want to combine that? The Canucks yeah, injuries that, into one. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, yeah. I do want to combine that. that okay. Those are my top three, and they're like they're all injury related, and they're all related to the future of this team. I think U Levy still has a great opportunity to be a massive piece on this blue line moving forward. Demko's only twenty three years old yeah. as well. He hopefully he's the goaltender of the future for this team. I still think he will be the yeah. goaltender of the future. For uh, this Mike team. DiPietro's also on that horizon, playing for the. Canada team in the World Juniors right now as we speak actually Canada's playing Denmark yeah they were spanking them too like two goals in the first like five minutes or something start to feel bad for Denmark there yeah but uh Mike DiPietro's in that game so those are the two goalie tenders for the future in this team and yeah Demko that that stalls that stalls his because we were talking about him coming up and challenging for the number one spot this year I still think he could you still think so I still think he could yeah even with Markstrom we and have, Nilsson playing have the way they are. Markstrom and Nilsson, Mar- I think Markstrom's proven he's going to stick right now. Yeah. But you never know. Like, you never know what's going to happen with Nilsson. You never know. Maybe somebody will pull a trigger on a deal. Maybe they'll bring Demko up and, and give him some reps. Yeah. All right. 
There's our three best moments and three worst moments. I thought we were going to get more chatter out of it, but Did that's you, all right. We just went over it. Do you do you agree with the three worst, or do you have something else that's sticking in your craw? No, I agree with these. Oh, I agree with all well, three of these. Nice, right? I, I actually thought not getting the number one overall pick was a pretty bad moment for the Canucks this year as well. That's because we it I happens mean, every time. I know, but it was just another moment of the Canucks had a chance to get it, they didn't get it. I, and like, that's this team. That's this I kinda, franchise. I kind of like that we didn't get it because it's like it tells those tankists that there's no fucking point in tanking yeah. because no matter how good your odds are, you're still probably going to get fucked. Yeah. And that's the thing is is like the how this is weighted now is completely different. It has been since the Oilers got McDavid. They're the last people to really – you know, reap the benefits there. Yeah. And I mean, after like almost a decade of reaping those benefits and they still suck. So, you know, even if you tank, your team doesn't necessarily become a fucking cup contender immediately. Yeah. All I'm saying is we had the second worst record in the NHL this year and we didn't get a top three pick out of it. Yeah, but we... That was kind of a bad moment. The hockey gods gifted us Quinn Hughes somehow. Yeah. I didn't think Quinn Hughes was falling to seven. Nobody did, yeah. I didn't even think Quinn Hughes was going to fall to five. Yeah. And we're going to get a chance to see Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Between the Stammers are going on a little road trip down to the Savon Foods Memorial Center in Victoria. Yeah, we'll see uh, Quinn Hughes. We'll see Tyler Madden. We'll see Tony Utenen. All Canucks prospects that I'm really fucking, really, really pumped to see. And Jack Hughes is going to be there as well, yeah. who's expected to be a top three pick this coming year. So Did you see the cool. uh, video of Quinn Hughes getting into it? Oh, uh, there is one thing about Quinn Hughes. Yeah, he I saw him get it get like 18 penalty minutes in a game against uh, in a pre tournament game. There, he also had the primary assist on one of the goals before he left. I'm like, this kid, this kid's a gamer. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's all I saw. I don't know. Did you see something? Yeah, else? no, no, no. That's, okay. that's what his, his that's brother what got kind of mugged and he went after him. And yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a cool moment. I was good to see the kid with a bit of a hot head. Yeah, he uh, he looks like he's a leader. He looks like he's a bit of a leader. Yeah, from what I from what I heard. Good to get some gamers on this team. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think they have some gamers. Well, fucking fucking rights they do. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to put for uh, worst moments? Uh, all honorable mention best moment. Do you want to? Talk about Jake for ten and kind of you know taking a step forward. That's a the that shotgun Jake good. movement. Yeah. Oh, I think that's one of the best things to galvanize fans. But uh, I think we should just get in the biggest moment of uh, 2018. All right, this is the biggest moment which we're going to remember forever. Um, whether you were a fan of these guys or you weren't, pretty pretty sure you were a fan of these guys. So, uh, yeah, this is the big moment. So come a time when we had to make a decision if. Uh if we wanted to stay or if, and if the Canuck wanted us back. And uh, there's been a lot of talk throughout the year, and it started early. Uh, and we felt the longer the season went, that it, it became clear to us that this was going to be our last, uh, last year. I think it's a happy day for, for all of us. I think we're very happy with our decision. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're really comfortable where we're at. And, and uh, like Henrik said, I think we started to talk back in November a little bit. And, and uh, then Christmas came and trade, trade deadline. And just uh, it became clear to us that this was the, the right decision. Daniel and Henrik Sedin, the twins, the all-time leaders in points, goals, assists, all the major stack cor- categories on this team drafted together in the 1999 NHL draft, I believe. Or was it 2000? I think it was, might have been the 2000. Uh, I thought it was 99. Maybe it was 99, yeah. Drafted together. Draft. Brian Burke makes the big 
trade to get both these guys on the team. And here they are, no longer a part of this team. That was clearly the biggest moment of 2018. Yeah, but went out on top, man. That last night was magical. Yeah, and they did give us one final night, which was really, really was magical watching it. It didn't matter the Canucks were, you know, second last in the NHL in points, anything at all. It was just a really good moment. Plays half done. Back for Daniel. Let's it go. He scores! So that was uh, Daniel Sedin scoring the overtime winner against Arizona in the final home game. The last time the Canucks fans could cheer him on from home. It was an overtime goal, 4-3 over Arizona. It was just a really special moment. When you, th- when you think about what the Sedins represent to this franchise, what's they, what they represent as just professional athletes, like brothers, twins, how many times are you going to be able to see this ever, that two twins are going to be able to play their entire careers together and then go out like that, you know, on top? Yeah, I agree. I, uh... <laughs> I, it's... It's crazy that they were able to play their entire career together. It's crazy that their numbers are so close to each other. It's like their their entire careers are so comparable. And they've done so many good things on the ice for this team and off the ice for this team. Like they've uh, given back to the community. They've done so much for the hospitals, for Children's Hospital. Like they're just class act people. And they've, you know, passed that culture down to the Canucks room now. And I think that's a great thing. And this represents as well, this moment represents a turnover on this team. Like, they're officially passing the torch here to the younger kids by retiring, right? Dude, I'm and I'm stoked about this because, I mean, I, I felt as a fan that it was their time to go last year too. Like, yeah. even before they announced their retirement, I was like, I think this will be the last year and I want it to be the last year. So that's why I kind of think this moment belongs on both of our lists, right? The best moment, also the worst moment. This what is, do you mean worst Well, moment? worst moment is you're losing these guys. We're just saying goodbye franchise. to them, yeah, so we're, we're sad? Yeah, we're saying it's sad. I, it's I'm going to put that as the best. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to see them go. Yeah. And I'm happy with the way that they went. You know, how often do you leave the game when you still got game? Not too many players do that. A lot of players uh, leave the game after they've already washed out a few times. And, and I mean, look at a guy like Yager. Like when he – Yager, second all-time in points – did he leave the league with as much aplomb and and uh, celebration as the Sedins left? No. He got a couple of good selfies on in Twitter, though. We'll say that. Yeah, but I mean, like, these guys were franchise guys, right? They had the entire city, like, in love with them. They have countless jerseys, like, all throughout Vancouver. All that sort of stuff are known for just being pure class. Yeah. And they got to go out on an insanely high note for a team that finished second last in the league last season. Daniel it's magic, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. honestly magic. Yeah. Daniel Sedin, just over 1,300 games played. He had uh, 393 goals, 1,041 points. Henrik Sedin, he played a few more games, 1,330, uh, had 830 assists. I highlighted that. That's a lot of assists, man. That's a shit ton. 830 assists. 
He had 1,070 points. These guys are Hall of Fame bound. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I. they're going to be in the Hall of Fame for numerous reasons. Their numbers alone and the fact that they're brothers, like it's just – Yeah. And they they played on one team consistently and they're, you know, um, goal primary assist on like almost all their points. The, the combination for both of their points, they're in on it with each other almost every time. It's true. Yeah. And something can be said that these guys, when you look at their numbers – they might be the only Canucks that deserve to have their jerseys retired. I agree with that. Is that if you look at based on numbers solely, yeah. and it's not, it's clearly not based on numbers because we've we've been over that. They they have the numbers to back up their stance yeah. on this team, their their stature sure. in this franchise. So, yeah, Daniel Henrik Sedin, that's our biggest moment. Uh, jersey retirement coming pretty soon. Not sure when that's going to be. Did they say next year sometime they were going to do it? Yeah, I think it's going to be at the the beginning of next season. I've heard some really funny things about this jersey retirement ceremony. Uh, Like a lot of people are like waxing poetically. Like, wouldn't it be great if Henrik came out and at that moment he put the C on (laughs) Horvath's chest? And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that sappy and that ridiculous. Like, just you don't have to make a ceremony about giving a guy a captaincy. Just give him the goddamn captaincy. I didn't hear that. That's whatever. Okay. Yeah. No, it's just like like all these fan theories about like what's going to happen. Obviously, there's going to be a big celebration. I heard it might even be like a week long, you know, a, a big like Sedin extravaganza party. party, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah. They don't seem like guys who would want that. It's going to be a magical night, dude. Yeah. I don't know. They don't seem like guys who would want that. But okay. Sure. Oh. I'm down. Whatever. Sedin's. Um, one more thing. Have you seen the Capilano Audi commercial, Audi commercial with Petey? I have seen it. Yes. <laughs> I also can barely understand what he says in it. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that I, that came out of that. I uh, I just love it. I think it's so funny. Like it's just reading off a cue card. Speed, agility. These are things I respect in life, or whatever he says. But like, fuck. I already the guy's got like an auto deal and it's like of course it's Capilano Audi. They're the only people who advertise during hockey games aside from like Rogers paying for their own commercials. I uh I always used to love the uh Sedin's Don Dox Deravolvo. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't like they could barely pronounce Don Dox Deravolvo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why are these guys a spokesman yeah. for Don Dox Deravolvo? <laughs> um, apparently Besser's like about to like do a pretty darn big deal with Adidas. Really? Yeah, like be a face for for Adidas moving forward. Well, how has how has some shampoo company Head and Shoulders not swiped this guy up? Dude, I think he's had offers and he's like turned them down. Really? Yeah. Last year, also a great moment last year, uh, Brock Besser was on After Hours, and Art Aronson's tweet came up, and uh, Scott Oak asked him this question that I wanted to ask was, have you gotten any offers from any shampoo companies yet? And he said, no, no. And he's like, and and Scott Oak was then asked, followed up, was if you did get one, would you be interested? And he said, absolutely. So what's your favorite nickname on this team? Is the flow, like, the one that you, you probably it's, like the most? Like, out of, like, the big ones that are out there that a lot of people are saying? Yeah, I think it – I, I kind of like it because it's not a play on any name. It's just yeah. – it's just his it's, – it's it works for, 
for his game. It works for his hair. It works for uh, a lot of things. And I think that's probably why I like it the most. Because I hate nicknames that like, unless it's like a really like Shaq or something. It's like, like, it, like it really flows well with the name. Like he has a really a unique name and it works really well as as a nickname then I'd rather not have it as part of the nickname. I think the best nicknames in sports are ones that don't have anything to do with the name. That's why I kind of like the flow the best. Interesting. Yeah. There's that one favorite? for Horvat that's going around called Huncho. I fucking hate it. Huncho? Yeah, some people are 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 using it right now. Huncho, I don't like it. I think it's dumb. I like Shotgun Jake. I think that's good. I also like that the players call him Tuna. I think Tuna is a pretty funny nickname for a player. See, I like, I do like Shotgun Jake, and that's you know that maybe that's a little uh, an exception to my rule because it has his name in it. But that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like nothing against Petey, but whatever. You know, it's you I kind of like Petey because it makes him sound like 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 a little kid, like a little kid, yeah, right? Yeah. And you just see him out there, and he's dancing, guys, and he's yeah. he's got like that weird reach where he's like, you know, like very thin but so good and like he can dangle guys with like his his movement is just very deceptive and then every time he does it i get excited and i'm like oh pd yeah yeah I, anyways i just if it's gonna be a good nickname that i use all the time it's gotta be you know short catchy yeah and that's why i kind of like the flow the best i do kind of like that one the best yeah. what about eagle for edler whatever edler doesn't deserve a fucking nickname if you ask me oh <laughs> Is that There's the say? shade. Yeah, man, say? he's probably gonna go down as the best Canucks D-man. We've had this conversation. He fucking blew it in that Jets game too. Fucking shooting the puck right into the the offensive uh, the guy in front of him, the penalty killer shin pads. He did that in the Jets. He game did as do well. that in that game. Oh, You're that right. Fucking pissed me off there as well. But I don't think that's why they lost the game, Mark. No, no. But he just has so many of those moments that just. <laughs> You know, they add up, all right? all right? Maybe your New Year's resolution should be to be a little kinder to um, Alex Edler. I don't do very well with resolutions. Yeah. I made one to not troll the Seattle Seahawks, and it didn't last very long. Are yeah. you going to make a Canucks New Year's resolution? Maybe we, we should, should both make one. We should make one, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll make one right now. Throw less shade on Alex Edler. Okay. What's yours? Uh, I'm going to try and throw a little less shade on Louis Erickson. Oh, these And you know tough. what? He's been playing well, so I, you got to give credit where credit's due. I, I have no problem throwing shade when I think somebody's not playing well. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that with that, you need to compliment them when their game is solid. And he's, you know, these last two weeks especially, he's, he's played some really solid hockey. He didn't blow that empty net goal against the Blues, which I was very happy about. I was like, <laughs> Edler, like even a month ago, would have blown that somehow. Yeah. No. Uh, he's going to do something in the game against the Oilers that are just, it's just going to turn it right on its head there, and Caleb Kirby will be throwing shade at him. So we'll see. This isn't going to last long. I can see this not lasting long. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna, hey, I said less. I'm going to try and be kinder. Yeah, I'm gonna be try. You know what? I'm gonna try and be kinder all around in 2019. Really? Yeah. On this I, podcast, I'm gonna, or just no, all just around? in general. In general, I'm gonna try and be kinder to you on this podcast. How fucking time? Um, outside of this podcast, you know, I, you know, we we gotta be nice to each other. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because you do kind of beat me down. Yeah, on this so podcast. call me out on it. 
Yeah, I will call you out on it. All right. That should be my secondary resolution. Call Caleb out when he is being an asshole. All right. That's the year-end podcast for Between the Stammers. Been been a good year. Yeah, so far so good. How did we not mention uh, Between the Stammers getting up and going as a best Canuck moment? <laughs> we'll leave that for someone else to wax yeah. poetic about us. Yeah, we'll leave somebody for to write that on Twitter for us as a, as a nice compliment. We're not going to get that compliment. Some, I don't know. You seem to have a few friends on Twitter. Yeah. I don't have any friends because I'm a troll. Nobody likes me. Well, why don't you tell people how they can reach you on Twitter? You can reach me at my name, at Art Aronson, on Twitter, yeah, and, and Instagram. Yeah, and you can uh, email us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com, and you can reach me on Twitter at curbman23. All right. Enjoy your New Year's. Enjoy the Canucks uh, six-game roadie here, and we'll see you next week.